Welcome back to a brand new episode of Terranome Highway Podcast, a horror movie podcast hosted by yours truly, Sid Davis. You can find this show exclusively on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you can get podcasts. If you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me on Instagram at Davis. And you can follow the page for this podcast specifically, which is at Terradome Highway Podcast. This is episode seven. Today's episode, I'm talking about Dracula 2000. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, I have a lot of things to say about this movie. Well, not not a whole lot, but some some concerns about this film. Dracula 2000 was released December 22nd, 2000. I completely forgot this was in a sense, a Christmas movie, even though there are no Christmas themes in this film whatsoever. And it also happens to be my brother's birthday, which is hilarious because now I have something new to make fun of him for. He doesn't like this movie whatsoever. Uh, I don't necessarily have a problem with this film, but there are a lot of issues going on here. So (laughs) uh, Dracula 2000. Okay, here we go. So this movie sits at a 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. This movie also sits at a 2.2 on IMDb and a 26 on Metacritic. That is, that's rough, dude. So when I first saw this movie, it was from, I went to a video rental store. I was little. My mom went to go get it, obviously, and I saw it. And this is, it's quite ironic that when I saw this movie, it was in North Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I was in North Carolina. And here I am, uh, 20 something odd years later, back in North Carolina. So, hey, you know, uh, full circle moment, I guess. (laughs) And I guess at that time, I didn't know any better. If If I remember correctly, let's see, Halloween H2O, was rented that evening. I believe Dracula 2000 was rented that evening. And there was another movie, I think, uh, that my mom picked up. So, you know, my mom was like the cool mom. She didn't care. I watched what I watched. And, you know, she she just didn't give a damn. Well, she gave a damn. She, you know, she was a responsible parent. I'm not going to make her seem like she was terrible. And let me watch any old little thing. But I guess she knew that I could handle it and, and, and I guess that's just what it was. I don't know. I, I, I would like to ask her that just to get a, a clear reason why she would allow me to watch things like Beavis and Butthead and, uh, you know, certain. I mean, Ren and Stimpy was a kid's cartoon. I know I'm getting off topic here. Uh, Ren and Stimpy. Let me see. Jerry Springer, Maury. Uh, what else? There's a whole lot of other shit. So I would like to ask her that question just to get some insight on why she would let me watch those things you know deaf comedy jam but that's when i was way younger so yeah this movie is a strange one back then when i watched it i thought it was kind of cool i'm like oh shit it's dracula of course i'm gonna like this and now that i watch i watched it twice this week these are one of those films that you can i can put it on and not really complain so much and i guess it's due to the fact that I, you know, grew up with it. There's, I guess there's a bit of nostalgia towards it, even though there are a lot of issues here. But I'm never, like, watching the movie and I'm getting mad. I'm just watching it to watch it. 
Same thing with, you know, Jeepers Creepers. I know a lot of people nowadays when they review films, they come up with all these new uh, hot takes and what they think and why this is so bad when back then they had nothing to say about it. My opinions have not changed other than it is an extremely weak plot. It makes zero sense. And it's just all over the place. And we have a, a baby we're not baby, but, you know, we have a young, strapping Gerard Butler here. I didn't even realize who that was, of course, when I first saw it. And then watching movies around that time. Well, later on when, like, Gamer came out and what's that one movie with him and Jennifer Aniston? I can't think of it. Uh, that movie with him and Jennifer Aniston and just other Gerard Butler movies. Like, a few years ago when I did watch this movie, I was like, oh, shit. That's Gerard Butler, like kind of, you know, in surprise because I, you know, I wasn't paying attention to that. I, I remember getting weirdly excited for some reason when I was little and I was like, oh, it's Omar Epps and there's Danny Masterson from that 70s show. And not to get into detail, you know, we, we all know what happened with Danny Masterson, the allegations that came out that just... Yeah, that that is a whole other topic in itself. We could we can do a whole uh, probably a whole podcast about Danny Masterson and the allegations that are out against on you know on him, which is insane. And yeah, but really quick before I get more into this movie, here's the trailer. If true evil cannot die, is there a chance that it can forever be contained? Passcode decrypted. Accessing. Security shutting down. Cracked. For centuries, a secret has been buried beneath the streets of London. You don't build this kind of security without a gold mine to hide. Something ageless. What the hell is that? The Holy Grail, the Golden Fleece, the Crown Jewels, whatever it is, it's inside. Something powerful. Something beyond your deepest fears. What just happened in there? He's for this Who? Draculia. Not myth. He's real. I assure you. What a time. There are worse things than death. Tell me your name. We're all so much more complicated than our names. So the one cool thing I could say about this movie is its soundtrack, the product placement, of course, you know, the, the Virgin Music Store. And it really starts off great. You know, you have a group of thieves who break into the store and discover this this vault underground that holds a coffin. This coffin holds, obviously, Count Dracula. They take it and they 
take a plane. Well, they, they get on a the plane and escape with this coffin. And, you know, of course, that, that ensues and builds up to all types of mayhem. And, and then we get into some backstory about Abraham Van Helsing, who tried to stop him back in the 1800s. I believe it was like 18, 1897. And he tries to warn the, the younger version, the, the, the younger Van Helsing about how he's supposed to stop him or he was destined then you find out our main character mary is i guess by blood or something telepathically linked to dracula somehow which this is where the film lost me and her mother at one point um, <laughs> had her flee or you know they both fled from from england to come to america and it, it's a bunch of just weird shit that makes to me zero sense when i watch it now and i'm like wait what but that's not even the worst part they build up this whole thing where dracula collects his three brides and we we get to this climactic point where it really really bothered me so they're at this rooftop and and mary and um simon mary and simon are in this fight between the two well the three brides i'm sorry the three brides and they, they get rid of the brides or whatever and then dracula takes mary and bites her oh and i'm sorry i didn't i forgot to say mary is also a van helsing that's the weirder part about it too so that's where i was really really lost she's secretly a van helsing at the same time like linked to dracula and it's just like this i don't know if this a love triangle or like this incest type thing that's going on between her and simon or her and dracula it's it's very strange it gets extremely weird at <laughs> at one point but he goes to bite mary and he confesses that he is judas Judas Iscariot, um, who portrayed Jesus and for a bribe of 30 pieces of silver. And of course, we know how that story goes. But Judas wander, wanders off to uh, hang himself because he was shamed. Uh, the rope snapped and God cursed him to live forever as a vampire or something like that. And Mary, apparently, th this is implying that Mary finally understands why he's so invincible and powerful but but the the twist behind this he's very vulnerable to silver so like i said he's judas iscariot uh, judas iscariot for those that don't know about the bible and christianity he's then he's one of the 12 apostles who betrayed jesus uh for 30 pieces of silver yeah so that uh is linked to his vulnerability to silver uh because jesus cursed him and um a lot of dumb shit just a lot of weird choices made <laughs> in the last 30 to 40 minutes of this movie i said what is happening <laughs> like what's going on man i don't get it like what what the fuck are we doing here and uh, he hates christian iconography and this just i at one point when i was younger when I was a kid, I thought this was like the greatest twist ever in a movie. I don't know what I was thinking. 
at one point when I was little, I thought um, The Sixth Sense was great. I th- well, it kind of is great, but yeah, um, Unbreakable to me was really, really cool. I was that weird kid that was really, that was really snobbish with movie twists and, you know, the usual suspects. That movie, the twist with that, that was incredible. And then we get to this with Dracula 2000, and I'm thinking this is the bee's knees. I'm thinking this is cream of the crop. Ain't nobody fucking with this twist. And yeah, this is going to be hard to beat. Now that I watch it, I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? It's the same secondhand embarrassment I get when I watch Freddy versus Jason because that that will be an episode one day. Matter of fact, I'm going to do something very special for a Freddy versus Jason episode. I'm going to have my mother as a guest so she can just dog me out. (laughs) So she could just, so y'all can hear me get dogged out by my mother on why I forced her to go see that bullshit. Because when I watch that, I get secondhand embarrassment. So yeah, this movie Although I don't have much of a major issue with it, really, um, I, I get a bit embarrassed and I feel a little ashamed that I was treating this movie like it was like top tier cinema. I don't know what was wrong with it me <laughs> at the time. And then they added this whole they added this whole Christian factor to it. And I'm like, are we are we really doing this? Like are are you serious? I forgot the whole. I, I So I thought he confessed that he was Judas Iscariot. I completely forgot about this whole flashback sequence of the Last Supper and Judas, you know, looking fly and shit and chilling with the other apostles and Jesus, you know, uh, eating bread and drinking wine. I, I forgot all about that flashback. And I'm like in awe in in amazement of just how ridiculous this twist was so and if if you're gonna add like christianity to it just be smart about it like don't i I feel like this was just hand-fisted in here like it was i don't know bro i i don't get why this was just i don't know why this was a choice but you have some people in here who really really like this movie surprisingly i'm very shocked there's a lot of people out here who give this movie praise so really quick i'm just gonna go over some of these reviews let me see i think i'm gonna i should i should start doing rotten tomatoes reviews but i have a bit of beef with rotten tomatoes but let me let me go to letterbox we're gonna do letterboxd okay first review is a four star review Gerard is my Dracula, 2000 forever, brown heart emoji. Oh, no, that's not a brown heart. I'm so sorry. That's a bat emoji. Jeez. Um, (laughs) Sorry, sorry. I'm an atheist. A dagger pops out of the cross base. God loves you anyway. Okay, but how and why does Gerard Bartlett look like Gavin Rossdale? (laughs) I finally get to see, hold on, let me see. I finally get to see this Dracula iteration after 21 years. This is a version that always intrigued me when I saw it in the video store, on the movie screen, and even in the record store. Due to its simple yet attractive cover, 
in part due to age and in part because my mom has never been a fan of vampires or horror in general. It has taken till now to see this film. Wow. Okay. Let's go to another review. I want to go to a smaller one. Alexa, show my Dimensions films during the 90s. He screamed at the TV and a skinny goth Gerard Butler appeared on the screen. (laughs) These are a lot of troll reviews from what I see. Let me see. Oh, here we go. Sometimes you need to watch Gerard Butler's Dracula. Okay, whatever. Here's another one. Extra star for how hilariously lame Gerard Butler is in this and the -the over-the-top virgin product placement. Yeah. I mean, I did like the virgin product placement. I thought that was cool. The aesthetic was awesome. But other than that, man, weird choices made with this movie. Uh, let me see. What else we got here? Um, Oh, it's Gerard Butler hamming it all up that did it for me. Yeah, he did a lot of um, just a lot of weird facial expressions that Gerard Butler made. And maybe I need to watch it a third time just to get some comedy out of it because he was looking wild. I don't even know if he enjoys talking about this movie, if he's ever asked about it during interviews. He probably just gets up and walk the fuck out. I don't know. But, yeah, that I don't know. I'm not going to make fun of people's tastes. Like I said, there are people who really, really love this movie. And I'm not knocking them for it. But in my personal opinion, this movie is horrendous. Yet, entertaining. It's a, it's a cool, like, 90 minutes, I think. Or a little more so over 90 minutes. And... Hey, it gets in, it gets out, and you can move on and watch something else that's more entertaining and worth your time. So I'm going to start bringing like a new segment in on Terradome Highway, like what I've been watching as far as TV shows and movies go, horror movie related or, or horror TV show related. Uh, I, I started watching a little bit of Goose, or tried to watch some Goosebumps, just because, I don't know, had a feel for nostalgia. And on... So of course it's been on Netflix for a very long time. I I get on Netflix. I'm using one of my family members' Netflix accounts, and uh, I didn't I didn't see the rest of the episodes. I just saw the five special episodes, which was let me see, the Haunted Mask, uh, Werewolf of Fever Swamp, I believe, the Night of Terror Tower. I have a story about that, too. I, I really enjoyed that episode. Let me see. The Haunted Mask 2, Welcome to Dead House. Is there another one? Here? Oh, Night of the Living Dummy 3? Yeah, so those are the only ones that are on there now. And I was wondering what happened to the rest of them, which I thought was kind of, it's kind of weird. I don't know. So I remember watching A Night of Terror Tower and when it first came out. I, I never forget it. I vividly remember this. I think it was a school night and it were, I don't know. It might not have been a school night. Maybe I should ask my mom. She might remember because I remember I'm in bed. TV's on. She's getting ready to cut it off. I'm like, no mom, <laughs> don't, don't turn. I say they have this special coming on a night of terror tower is a goosebumps special. And she let me watch it. And yeah, I, I had a blast. I enjoyed it. Watched it. Like I said, recently, and I still enjoy it. Uh, it's one of my favorite books in the Goosebumps series. Shout out to R.L. Stein, great author. And yeah, 
And then I moved on to Yellow Jackets. I started Yellow Jackets. Not bad. I I was a little skeptical of it. And I was like, eh, I don't know if this is this. People complain about the woke politics or woke TV and all of this shit of today. But I gave it a chance. I think Yellow Jackets is pretty decent. Um, there's a lot of cringe going on in the TV show. But I said, fuck it. I had nothing else to watch. I um I'm caught up on a show on Showtime called Your Honor with Brian Cranston, one of my favorite shows. Love it. It's basically Breaking Bad, but uh, Brian Cranston is a lawyer who is trying to cover for his son. <laughs> so that's all I'm gonna give out. And if you never heard of it, watch it ASAP. It's incredible. I also grew up watching Are You Afraid of the Dark on Nickelodeon. And I understand that they have a newer Are You Afraid of the Dark? I gave that a chance. So I sat down and watched a couple of episodes. It's okay. It's all right. Not, not really a fan. It's, it's okay. To be honest, when I go back and watch the old Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes, because I have done that recently, I know people give it a lot of praise. It does not hold a candle up to any of the horror anthologies for children. It's great. Now, I don't want anybody getting pissed at me for saying that, but to me, in my opinion, it does not hold a candle up to any of the horror anthology TV shows for children. That's that's just me. And I saw Skinnamarink. Skinnamarink, uh, I like the film. It is very creepy, eerie, unsettling leaves a pit in your stomach by the time you finish this movie because you don't know what to make of it uh there might be a lot of questions that you'll have there's there might be a lot of different interpretations that you could come up with of what the meaning of this film ends uh i i would say it's like uh i would should i say avant-garde or art house type thing i don't know I don't know. I really don't know. But I really did enjoy Skinnamarink. I've heard a lot of different reviews on it. And there are not a lot of fans out there of this movie. Uh, This film had a very strange release. So to my knowledge, I believe this movie was on a $15,000 budget. It's grossed over $2 million so far, which is fantastic. That's amazing. And I think it premiered at IFC Midnight. But after that, I think it was leaked online for free and it I, I think it was supposed to come out in theaters if I'm not mistaken it leaked online for free and you know so there was might have been a bunch of scrambling and then of course from the a lot of the reviewers that talked about this movie I think they caught it on Shutter so yeah um I didn't watch it on I actually watched it um elsewhere and I'm not going to give up where I got it from so yeah. Other than that, I really did enjoy Skinnamarink. I thought it was great. Yellow Jackets is decent. Um, I threw in Your Honor with Brian Cranston on Showtime. So check it out uh, if you have. I don't know if you're if you're interested. You know, Brian Cranston's awesome. Uh, let me see. What else did I watch recently? Not not so recently, but I did watch a film called Breaking with John Boyega. It's a story about Brian Brown easily breaking into a Wells Fargo. This is based on true events. And he is a military vet that was falling on hard times. And he holds up the Wells Fargo. I believe this is 
Michael K. Williams' last film. Michael K. Williams is uh, the negotiator in this movie. Uh, very enjoyable. I know a lot of people have shit for John Boyega because he was in Star Wars, and they'll they'll pin that whole oh he can't act or he was in Star Wars, so it's gonna be hard for him to get roles. No, uh, John Boyega can act his ass off. Fucking amazing. He's incredible. I was like, this dude could really <laughs> could really act. I remember seeing him. I believe it was in the sequel to Pacific Rim. And I was like, no, no way. Where, where's uh, where's my boy at from Sons of Anarchy? Because <laughs> I, I went into the second Pacific Rim looking for uh, what's his name, Charlie Hunnam. I was like, where's, where's my boy Jax from Sons of Anarchy? Where's Charlie Hunnam at, man? And I was highly disappointed. Not to say that uh, John Boyega's performance in Pacific Rim Two was bad, but the movie overall was just shit. So yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this new John Boyega movie, uh, or this this recent film with John Boyega called Breaking, fantastic. Uh, sad, uh, but he just, bro, I, I thought it was just going to be like this slow burn and there wasn't really going to be much going on, but the, the camera is on him. You're going to want the camera to be on him at all times. That's how great he does in his film. So yeah, uh, this wraps this episode up for me. Next week's episode is Deadly Friend from 1984. I have never seen this movie before, and I'm really interested. It This is one of Wes Craven's earlier works. This, I believe this was, what, probably around the same time A Nightmare on Elm Street came out, or a little, a little before. I know this is right after Deadly Blessing, but I've never seen a movie before. I really want to check it out you can watch it on amazon prime i don't know if it's for free i'm pretty sure you have to pay for it but yeah i'm gonna go rent this movie really quick and sit down relax and watch it and i guess later this week watch it a second time and i will be back next saturday i promise i'm so sorry that i dropped this late saturday i had a lot going on i was uh, helping my grandmother with some stuff and um kind of you know just on and off the phone with my mom we were talking a lot of um i guess like audio stuff i got a whole new system installed in my vehicle and i was just working on my truck as well so i i got kind of tied up and uh yeah but like i said thank you for listening to episode seven of the teradome highway podcast once again you can follow me on instagram at Terradome Highway Podcast. Send emails to Terradome Highway Podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow my personal account, which is at I Sid Davis. And have a great week, and I'll see you on Saturday. Peace. Yeah.